I worry sometimes with Ray, he's like the person in the back of the car, craning forward to get involved in the no. conversation. Barnaby. He's like the artist at a party that everyone's trying to talk to. What's Harpo's character at the party? She's a... I think I've left the oven on. I'm, I haven't had a nice time. I haven't had a nice time. I think I've left the oven on. I need a quaalude. <laughs> this week on Walking the Dog, Raymond and I took a stroll with comedian, actor and writer Roisin McConaughey and her beautiful Maltese Harpo. I know, it's the dog name of dreams. Now, Roisin and Harpo are fellow North Londoners, so Raymond got to stay on his home turf in Highgate Wood. Roisin you'll obviously know from her award-winning stand-up comedy, brilliant acting performances in everything from Man Down to Afterlife and Channel 4's Game Face, which she created, wrote and starred in, and also her hilarious TV appearances on shows like 8 Out of 10 Cats, Have I Got News For You and Taskmaster. Roisin and I had the most lovely afternoon with Harpo and Raymond, and we chatted about so much from her childhood growing up in Camden and the early signs of her comic potential to the epiphany she had when she slightly randomly tried stand-up for the first time and just knew instantly this was home. We also talked about how she honed her skills as a writer and comic and how she handles performing nerves by reminding herself to essentially just always be herself. Roisin is just an utter joy, really. She's so warm and generous and hilarious, but she's also got this very gentle, empathetic energy. She's the kind of person you could spill all your embarrassing thoughts to and you just know they'd be safe. I mean, she'd roast you about them endlessly, but look, at least they'd be safe. I'd also like to exclusively reveal that Raymond definitely caught big feelings for Harpo. I don't want to put pressure on either of them to put a label on things. I do. But, you know, can it hurt to start Googling doggy wedding tuxedos? I really hope you enjoy my chat with wonderful Roisin. Please remember to rate, review and follow. I'll shut up now and hand over to the fabulous woman herself. Here's Roisin and Harpo and Raymond. Look at this dog's legs, muddy. <laughs> oh, I love I'm... it when you can see they've had loads of fun. <laughs> Do you know, I love a dog with muddy boots. I know. Hi. Hi, doggy. Hi, doggy. You said hi to the dog, but there was a relatively attractive man. Oh, <laughs> I always just talk direct to the dogs. <laughs> so do I. Normally I'll make contact. You know where I tell you they're really, I was in Austria. Lovely place, but they they don't have like well, my very limited experience. They didn't have a very stroke other people's dog vibe. Oh, I also stroke people's dog, and it act, they acted like I said, "Can I have a sip of your coffee?" <laughs> there was a dog, and I was like, "Can I stroke your dog?" And they're like, "What?" And they were sort of gave it to me like, "Well, she must be hungry." <laughs> you know the way you'd hand your coffee to someone. Like, okay, I guess you can if you want it that bad, but three times, and they hold their dogs on really short leashes, even in empty spaces. Hello, ups. You're perking up. Are you perking up? Good girl. Raymond. Oh, I'm so excited for this walk. Oh, I am as well. And it's so great. It's near home. Oh, I can't Imagine wait. if we had to go to Hyde Park or somewhere today. Oh, the Jubilee with our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, we're trying to have a conversation about our dogs, actually. Come on. How have you been, Em? Oh, I'm good, darling. What are you doing? But I don't want to know about me. I want to know about you. <laughs> I don't want to know um, about me. I'm with... The ridiculously talented. When I said ridiculously talented, I sounded like John Travolta when he's about to say, the wickedly talented Adele Dazine. <laughs> Roisin Conaty, introduce us to your dog. This is Harpo Barks. And she 
uh, doesn't understand how to play ball. So you throw the ball and she thinks I have to go and get it. So I've just thrown the ball. Now I'm going to try and get it. And then she's going to try and get it. And she's a Maltese and she's a bit wonky eyed, but we love her. She's so gorgeous. She's a dreamboat. And when did you, when did Harpo come into your life? When was it? Three, four years ago? Three, four years. She's three and a half. Yeah. Oh. I got her um, like a, a mad time. <laughs> she was looking for that ball. That's like me and my life, looking for things that aren't there. <laughs> Shall I get her to bark for the podcast? Yeah, come on. Will you do a bark? Come on. Where's the ball? <laughs> there you go, Miss Hoppo Barks. That is a good bark. You know, Ray's never barked. Really? Ray? Ray, why don't you bark? So well raised. Come on. He just can't be asked, I think. Is that her um, ball? She's got a different ball. Did you have dogs growing up? Because you're such a dog person, you always strike me as. Like, you love dogs, don't you? I love dogs. We didn't have dogs, but my, fr- my best friend, when I was a child, Lucy had a dog called Millie, and she was like a staffy, and I adored her like she was my own dog. So I always really, really loved dogs. We just we lived in a flat and we just couldn't have one. Um, but lots of my friends, like you know, had bigger houses and stuff, all had them. I've always just, I mean, you know, really, really loved dogs. <laughs> like I, like I like it when they lick you. I like it when they jump up on you. Like you know, when you're out and they go, sorry, they jump up. I think, oh, good, they've jumped up. Like Harpo doesn't go up to strangers. But yesterday I met a dog, another dog actually called Millie, in in this field that we're going into, and she was a yellow Labrador. And then she just jumped up on me and like rolled over and gave me her belly straight away. <laughs> like a little hussy but I was so happy and her owner was like I'm so sorry and I was like no like that's my favourite bit I quite like the interactions with other dog owners you know with the other dogs because it's almost like you're getting an interaction with someone but it's quite contained it's like there are boundaries what's yours called (laughs) what's yours how old someone blank you (laughs) just completely blank you (laughs) it's the most painful thing when they act like, who's got time for this? And you're like, I was just making conversation because our dogs are talking. <laughs> I've had situations where people have said, I've said, hello, how lovely. And some man has just gone, come on. <laughs> that's exactly, that's, that is exactly, that, that you couldn't have articulated, but that's exactly what I mean when you're like, oh, what a cutie, oh, they're having so much fun. And they're like, okay, Jacob. And it's like, you're not there. I remember once we were sitting in, in uh, Harper was in better form and we were in this field we're going into and Harper went to walk up to these people with dogs and they just literally like acted like she wasn't there and like, I was like, oh, gosh, I feel like she's in sixth sense. Like, I could see her thinking, can they see me? Like, I'd never seen anyone actively ignore a dog the way they did and they had dogs. <laughs> but they just made her feel like she wasn't there. Oh. So I, I project quite a lot of dogs. <laughs> And they made her feel like she wasn't worth anything. And they made her feel like she was, it wasn't going to be okay. Do you want a hand? Do you want a hand? Are you sure? Oh, look at this lovely dog. Oh, they're cuties. Harpo and Ray. And look at these beautiful babies. Hello. Hello. They're so cute. Hello. Uh, yeah, this is the path I would stay on if you're going to go round, that bring you round in a cricket, the yeah, that's tent. What I want, yeah, yeah, that's the one. This one's through the field. It might be a bit tricky. Yeah, okay, thank you very much. No worries. Yeah, so paint the picture of the 
origin story? I was born in Regent's Park Estates, a council estate, down near Warren Street, um, in between Warren Street and Warrington Crescent. They've sort of knocked it all down now for that train. Um, well, a lot of it. And I spent sort of, I went to most of my childhood there, but I also spent a lot of time in Ireland. So I think that sort of sums up my personality, really. Like it was either manic, <laughs> like rah, rah, you know, noisy, or like absolute silence. Should we sit here for a Yeah, second? let's go on this nice bench. Nice shoes. Come on. So it was you and your sister, wasn't it? Me and my sister, mum and dad. And then, but it's just me and my sister, yeah. And so only two years apart. So. And were you really close? Super close, super close, but drive <laughs> each other. You terror. <laughs> she knows I've got the ball. What did your parents do? My mum was a nurse and my dad worked for Aer Lingus. Oh, really? Yeah. I always really thought that must be lovely to have a nurse as a mum. She didn't work most of my childhood. She was a nurse when they met. But when we were kids, she didn't really work. Yeah. She did a bit. And she, like, did, like, private houses and stuff. Well, you must have been funny, I imagine, as a kid. I was imaginative rather than... Mm. I think that's so... I, I wasn't intentionally. I think I was, like, a bullshitter. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't like it when people didn't believe what I said, but they were wild stories I would have. I knew, <laughs> my mum had 12 sisters, and so they, all these women, and, I, and they were really funny and rambunctious, and I just remember it felt like all of their husbands were one man with a moustache, because they were just all married to very quiet men. And yet these women who were so, they'd roast each other. So like someone walking in, they'd be like, oh, they're blue shoes. Nine of them would go, one of them would threaten to leave because <laughs> they're not having it anymore. They were very, so I sort of was around women. And so I was yeah. always, and they, they always outdo each other with stories and stuff. So I was always trying to, be, and then I'd be like, yeah, and I also, and they're like, what's this kid just seven? <laughs> Why is she making up lies? What were some of the, your greatest hits, lies wise? Well, I had to make up, um, I remember Red Kickers was one of my fate. <laughs> I pretended. They were never that great, but they went on along. I wouldn't back down when I was caught. So I pretended I had Red Kickers. I must have been nine or ten. And my mum wouldn't get me them. She hated them. She thought they were so ugly. I remember her being like, she'd go into the shop and every time and she'd consider and she just wouldn't get this shoe. She was like, they're a disgrace. So I said I had Red Kickers. And obviously then there comes a point where people are like, where are your Red Kickers? <laughs> I had to invent a life for these shoes. I had to invent every time it came up. And it was, you know, school. Like, are you going to see a red kicker? I was like, well, you're not going to believe who came round. My cousin Sabrina's come around. She's only, and her, well, her shoe went on fire. So it was like this relentless story about the red. <laughs> but even now, like my friend Lucy, if I sort of, if I'm saying I can't go to a thing, and she'll be like, is this red kickers? <laughs> She's like, are we being honest? Or is it, are you, are you got the kickers again? <laughs> I lied a lot as a child. Did you? Yeah, I was quite. What I, were yours? I bet they were much more grand than red because I bet they were like... It was sort of lies like that. It was lies to slightly increase my status in the room. And I lied once, and this is because all my friends were a lot richer than me. And I said, someone said, how many rooms have you got in your house? And I said, 17. <laughs> because I thought that seemed reasonable. <laughs> we, we were going to go for the 20, and I was like, listen, we're not, we don't, we're not ostentatious. Let's keep it at 17. We're not going for the. We're not going for the. We're not going to the two O's here. We're, we're, we're strictly seventeen. <laughs> I think it's yeah. I think it's when you feel less and it's attention. And mm. I was yeah. We. I just didn't have a lot of stuff as well. And so, I like yeah. I wanted to be funny in that attention, but not having things and making up. Yeah. Like I also because I told so many lies, and I'd go to Ireland, 
and then once Jazzy B lived in Camden. Remember Jazzy B from Soul to Soul? So it came up in a conversation. I was like, Jazzy B lives in Camden. He lives near me. And then I looked away and we were swimming and I turned around and I saw my cousin saying to her friend, she's full of shit. <laughs> I was so hot. I remember like pulling my swimming goggles off like, what? <laughs> and she was like, did you see that? And I was like, yeah, you just said. She was like, and then it was like this sort of takedown of like, this is more lies. I was like, no, Jesse B lives in Camden. And then when I got back, I basically found out where he lived. And I was no more than nine. And I'd just go and sit out on a wall opposite his house. Like, and just sit there until it was like, oh, his wife or something came out. We're like, what are you doing here? It's like nine o'clock at night. And I was like, Jazzy B. <laughs> she's like, no. But she was like, you need to go home. It's too late. And I was like, oh, this is a nightmare. And I told her my story. I was like, I need some evidence of Jazzy B. And she gave me something. But I, I Did proved, she? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It's on like a picture or something. But like, I had, I had evidence that. Oh, I like her. Yeah, she was sweet. She looked really worried. Like she was like, "What is this child?" <laughs> like, you're basically saying, "Can he, can Jazzy B come out to play?" <laughs> I was literally like, is "Jazzy B in." <laughs> um, oh, and were you? So you didn't have pets because it wasn't practical. No, we had cats. Oh, you had the cats. We had yeah. cats. Yeah, so we had cats. Where I lived, it was very. Um, <laughs> the houses were very, like. Everyone's house was like my friend's house. Like so, when I think back, like I was just always we were always in each other's houses. So, but I remember like once we just opened the window, like Nance, just shout over. Like it was just crazy. Imagine living there. Um, like if you weren't us listening to that, and then we'd go in. So I always felt like Millie was my dog because I was always in that house. It was a really, um, you know, I don't I don't like glamorising poverty yeah. they also, but I don't think yeah there was a lot of that obviously but there was a sense of community and there was like yeah. and kids could play together and you know and it was central London so it wasn't mm. like you felt very connected you know to the world still it didn't feel like you know and sort of so that's what's good about England is that these council estates are sort of in the mix not like in Paris or whatever that on the outset you know yeah, 20 yeah. miles from the city I think my parents were immigrants as well, which now sounds wild because they're just Irish. But in those days, it felt a lot, it did feel like having quite different, because they were, um, you know, the, the IRA times and stuff like that. So it felt like I had sort of very Irish parents um, and my name. So I do think that was a weird, even though it was sort of Irish, I went to a Catholic school, you know, so there was Irish kids there, I guess. But like my, the estate, there wasn't that many. So I felt that was sort of... Um, stood out you know which that sounds crazy now because it's so like not the same time but um I did feel like oh I had uh, maybe like that sort of you know my parents weren't from there you know and my mum I think really struggled on the estate she because she was not from that they both weren't they're both from the countryside both from like farms and and so they didn't have that I was always like why don't they enjoy it here you know like (laughs) And they were really unhappy there, you know. Mm. And so I think, you know, obviously, if you're not born in, yeah. in the city and you go to an estate when you're from, like, you know, a farm and countryside, my dad was, like, on the lakes and stuff. And then it, I think they found it quite stressful, obviously, yeah. you know. What qualities, what do you think you got from your mum and what did you get from your dad? Like, if you had to pick something. I think my mum is uh, maybe one of the funniest people, unintentionally and intentionally, <laughs> But like she's a real clown. Like she knows, um, like she can come round a door <laughs> and like and do a face, you know. And she's like yeah. nearly seventy, but she she's got that timing, you know. I, I, I the other day I said, "Don't be rude to me. I'm a dreamboat." Like she was being me, and then she went shipwreck more like <laughs> just left the house. 
<laughs> but like, she's very, my mum's got a very clowny. Yeah. And she's very imaginative. My dad was dry and had, yeah, really bone dry, really funny, but very different, like very much more, you know, like he went, to, like he just felt, he was a, just a bit drier and he was much more well-traveled. Like he'd worked in Germany, lived in South Africa and stuff like that. So he had a, like, a lot of worldly story, yeah. you know, like he was very much like the world is big and aspirational. My mum wasn't that. My mum was sort of, not unaspirational, but my dad was very, they didn't want me to drink on the pub on the estate and stuff. My mum was like, when I got into my teens, just like, you know, sort of, there was a kind of, yeah, my dad yeah. was sort of like, Standards. the world is big and, yeah. you know, kind of, cult, like, yeah, like there was a, my dad was cult, very cultured, considering, you know, where we lived. But um, he travelled and worked all around the world. And so I had a sense of curiosity, which is uh, what I'd say I got from him. And when did you get that moment? You know, I remember asking Matt Lucas, I thought it was really interesting, you know, that thing when you think, oh, this could be a bit of a currency, like being funny. And he talked about when he was in the dormitory and he was making, he said, I was doing impressions of the teachers and everyone just started laughing. And that seems a really common theme. I hear that a lot. Like it's something at school where you think, oh yeah, was that, did you consciously seek that out? Or do you think you just knew you were funny? I think there was a few beats. I think school was one, there was a currency of, 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 it was a te- in my house. It was a tension. It, I saw it being used as a thing to break tension. I remember being at my friend's house, and her mum was talking about her friend. They were adults, talk- and she was bitching about her friend. She was like, "I'm bloody," and she was, you know, really. And this woman, she had a very distinct, distinctive <laughs> hairstyle, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she still has. So I can't give it away. <laughs> It was just a sort of mad, I, I, I could get why it was an irritant. I, it was the first time I sort of, I hadn't even noticed that I thought it was weird until my friend's mum was talking to her husband. She was like, and that bloody blah, 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 blah. And she was going on. And then I thought, now's the time. And I did an impression of her friend, sort of out of nowhere, just cold. And I went, oh, and I wasn't even meant to be listening. I was like 11, maybe 12. And I did it. And she, I remember she had a cigarette. And then I did this impression and she just went. And it was so, but it was the shock, I think, yeah. of this child doing an impression of this woman. And it was a good impression. And I remember thinking, and it, it, I was like, I don't know, people who didn't laugh. And my mum was depressed when I was a child, and a lot, you know, without speaking all her business. Mm. But she had, and I, to make her laugh as well, I used to always, that was the thing I'd, I, I, and I'd have to, I'd have to find ways. But when I, when I surprised her, mm. and then she laughed, it was like a real, I was like, yes, there is a way. Like it's, you know, yeah. there's always a way. There's always a, there's always a way to make someone laugh. Harper's trying to get to play, but she's also trying to protect her ball. But she likes the big dogs. What is that dog, Rose? Is it a husky collie? Oh, is it? Hello. What? More doggies. Oh, I love those Hello, dogs. Hello, doggies. Hello. Hello, what's your name? What are those ones called That's again? My granddad had eyes like that, one different colour. <laughs> No joking, my granddad had one, literally eyes like that. One brown and one half green and blue. Hello. Hello. Hi, who are these guys? What's your dog called? Wapple. Wapple? Yeah. Oh, Wapple. I like Wapple. In Italian means uh, naughty boy. <laughs> Wapple means naughty boy. <laughs> I know a few of those. Oh. Come on. Bye, Wapple. Um, 
So, and were you academic at school? I did quite well at school, considering I did my attendance wasn't great for a few reasons, but I was good at school. I was good at English, science, and art. Maths was terrible. And RE, I thought I was gonna, I thought I was really good at, and I didn't get a good GCSE, and that was a real, still upsets me. <laughs> I didn't do drama, which I should have done. Yeah. And I did geography instead of history. I mean, at school, I was, it's weird, because I had the same friends. It's quite an, it's like, so from infants through to the end of secondary school, I had the same friends. Because we went from the same infants to juniors to secondary school. So yeah. in that way, it was, and we're still close, you know, we're especially one of them. Um, and so in a way, you, I remember thinking, like when I went to do my A-levels, I went to a different, you know, and that felt, that for me was like my, um, like uni, like that, <laughs> like cult, like I made new yeah. friends and new music, like the friends I had all grew up near me at school, infants, and we would go to Camden Palace and I'd pretend to like, and I didn't take drugs and I didn't drink alcohol and I'd dance all night to music that I hated and I'd be thinking, I hope we, I hope we can get food after. I just, <laughs> I really hope somewhere's open. And like, I was just, and I, but I didn't know anything else and I'd like, and then I sort of went to do my A-levels and I met, who ended up being my best friends. I'm very sort of clingy with friends, but like, I don't know, like they were cool, but not cool in their, they like art and literature and music. Mm. And, and my other friends were amazing and lovely. And we're still really good friends, but they were not that, we had different interests. They like clubbing and they still like, but one friend, she's still like, tss, tss, that's her fa-, you know? And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> um, we're all very solid friends, I reckon. Yeah, I think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, like anyone, I'm a pain in the ass, you know, kind of like everyone, like, I think I'm, I'm good in crisis. Like, so that's, I'm definitely yes. one of those people, like, I'm, I'm great in a crisis. It's, cr- and people are stunned almost, like, <laughs> but I am the person, I'm like, okay, this is how this goes. Like, it's very good. I'm very good in a crisis. And I'm not good at sort of data, things that other people are like, this is just a day to day. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. But I think morning routines, I feel so, you know, I'm sober, so I don't drink it, but getting my mornings back, but also like when I do stuff in the morning, I do like a to-do list. So if I'll do like check, take out the dishwasher so I can start ticking stuff off. I've only started doing this in the last two years because I find doing basic stuff sometimes. I'm like, I need to do that. So I get into momentum. I've done some things like, and now I can do the other things. <laughs> but I don't, things that other people are like, have you literally wrote, have a shower on your to-do list? I'm like, yes, I have. Cause it's to be done. Our minds are on other things. I think you're they right because my, they are. My, my, my um, you can keep your dishwashers. My mum was very. You know, my mum was an actor and very. You know, wake up at ten. I always think you could be an actor. Well, do you know what's weird? Because I grew up in that family of actors, so I had a weird relationship with all that. But I do feel I was one of those people that was a bit too embarrassed to admit that I secretly probably did want to perform, but I couldn't admit it because it yeah. felt it felt shameful, which is ridiculous. It's like, I had exactly the same thing. I, it's interesting. I'm fascinated by people who are able to admit need. Like, you know, I, I was like, it felt like, so I did, I did film at uni and, but it was all like the back. And I remember having this moment of like come to Jesus moment where I was sort of watching this movie and we're chatting and I thought I want to perform you know and I I didn't go to I didn't apply for drama school I did theatre studies at A level and not uh, performing arts I did you know all of that stuff so I was always around it but I was like well no I don't want to and I was I had to do one scene in in theatre studies you had to do one acting bit not much and uh, it was the visit 
the scene was like a creepy nightmarish scene everyone's getting on a train and I was the train conductor and all I had to say was get on the train and the note was um, Claire Zakanassin she's having a nightmare it's, everything's a nightmare everyone's preparing to her nightmarish and I went okay I got it I got it and they were like so everyone's like this Miss Zakanassin and it gets to me and I went get on the train and they're like oh no no like it's not it, she's having a nightmare you've got to be like a gargoyle I was like okay I got it I got it we'll go again <laughs> So when I said I want to perform, or like the first time I ever did any acting, my sister went, oh, get on, not get on the train. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I've, I've got over that. But yeah, so I had the same thing where I was like... Self-conscious. Yeah, where I said I want to, I want, I want to, want to perform and I did stand-up. Um, but that was so riskless at the time because I didn't feel like it would be something I'd love. So I thought I can do that and get my performing... But and I, I loved it, and you know, it mattered immediately. Yes, it's like sort of I'll go for the drama, not the lead singer, because there's yeah. no risk involved. And, and then it's like, oh, the drama's quite nice, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. But I felt like it was exposing a need to say you wanted to perform. Felt like it made. And when I was at school, and people would be like, "Listen to me sing," I was like, "Oh, cringe!" Like I was. Yeah. And I felt, always felt like it was exposing something that I was like, we don't want to give that away that you need, because it is a need, I think. Raymond, you gonna say hello? Hello. Hello. What's that though? Is that a labradoodle or? No, it's a cavapoo. Oh, cavapoo. Hi. Hi. What's the name? Teddy. Teddy. Oh, I love the name Hi, Teddy. Teddy. Oh. Nice, nice to meet you. And you have a nice afternoon. Nice to meet you, Teddy. Bye. Bye, bye, Teddy. Bye. Good point. Don't take the ball. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, I know what I was going to ask you. So after you didn't initially go into comedy, did you? When you left university, no, I went. I worked in. I worked in a, a fashion company, like a high street fashion company near, um, in Camden, and I had a boss there. And he was, it, my dad had died, and it was a like just. It was a weird, and he was very pushed, like saying you need to do something with your life. He knew I was sort of um, all over the place a bit, and I was yeah. like, I was just didn't know what I was going to do. I was a bit like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And also, I sort of had this. I did have this sort of awakening that I was like, I want to perform like all right I knew I wanted to create more than what I was convincing myself was I'll be backstage and I'll be doing it you know which is you can do but I just I felt like I had this yeah but I wasn't doing any of it and then I went for pizza in Crouch End remember Pizza Bella and uh went to pizza with Crouch End with my friend Danielle and only one person it took someone to do comedy normally people like everyone was telling me and Dan was like you should do stand-up I was like I should and we were really drunk on wine and how old were you at this point? I was 23, nearly 24. And uh, I was like, I should just stand up. And then uh, she was like, you should. And I was like, I should totally just stand up. <laughs> and then she was like, Dad says it's King's Head. And I was like, let's go and do it. And then we walked down. And then we, I thought I could just go on. They were like, no, you put your name down. And I was like, OK, this has not worked out how we planned. I had the courage today. Forget it. <laughs> and then, uh, obviously, no material. And then, like, six weeks later, I think my dad died in interim. Yeah, so my dad died in that in that interim. So I had this really weird window of, you know, when people die, um, where the worst things happen anyway. So I was like, what difference is a bad, who gives a fuck? Like I was like, you know, this thing that could call, normally cause me shame and apprehension, I shouldn't swear, but who gives a damn? I was like, um, and then they phoned me up and said, you're on a Thursday. I was like, oh, okay. And I went and did it and I had no material. I remember, I had a bit actually, how weird is this? about people who called their dogs uh, human names. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I think it was Roger. I was like, you can't, a woman screaming around the park the other day, Roger, we're caught from Roger. And I was like, we're all helping her. You know, it was obviously exaggerated and not that original. Um, 
And then immediately I got off stage and I had this feeling of like, you know, when you fall in love, but like almost like the bad love. <laughs> I was like, oh no, this is going to be an absolute nightmare, isn't it? And yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> like it felt like that. Like it, it mattered. I was like, what happened? You know. And then you just thought... And then I kept just showing up. I'd do that gig. It was very... I, I never... <laughs> this is where my working classness comes in. Here was Jago. God bless her. She kept going, you think about Edinburgh. And, he's going, and I just thought she was obsessed with Scotland. And she's a promoter, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Comic it's and like, promoter. Yeah. yeah. So she did Amuse Moose. And a few people were like, have you thought about Edinburgh? And I just thought people were obsessed with Scotland. And I was like, <laughs> sure. I mean, I haven't nailed London yet. So I'm going to keep it... going to keep sort of trying down here for a <laughs> Um, and then I kept, I kept, I never sort of committed to a set and then I'd write a different five minutes and then Pete Graham at Dancer of the King's Head said, what are you doing? And I said, what do you said? You need to tighten up the good stuff. And I went, am I allowed to do that? And he was like, yeah, like you don't. I was like, I write in, because I, I thought we'd have to do new material. And he was like, no, you, you need to get a set together. And you're, so I just didn't work out that, you know, which is crazy, but I'd never really seen, I'd seen a couple of, com, a bit of comedy before I did stand up, but not much. Like, I'd watched a lot on TV, like stand-ups like Richard Pryor and Joan Rivers and, you know, French and Saunders and stuff, but I didn't... I hadn't Did you have that at home where you would watch certain... Like, we'd always watch Forty Towers or whatever as a family. You know, there'd yeah. be family... Yeah, there was only Fools and Horses, which was a big, you know, and lots of movies, old movies, Airplane, things like that we'd watch. But one of the things that's really interesting, even talking about influences... Sometimes you sort of use, if you, you, I sort of think, oh, these are the influences, I guess, but I was thinking, like, Blossom. Do you remember Blossom? Oh, yes, I do. She was a huge influence because she, oh, the first episode of her show, she does in a monologue to her video camera, and it was written by the guy who wrote, like, Late Night Monologues. So she did effectively stand up, and it was such a funny show, and she was so funny in it. Her highest said briefcase. I've only recently gone over... I think she's, I think she's one of the great physical performers yeah. and uh, keeping up appearances, I can watch now. I know it's going to happen. I know that, that she, the dog's going to bark when she goes down the lane into the, the, the garden. And yet still, her physical performance, it just, I was really trying to think about women that made me go, yeah. oh, that's, because obviously French and Saunders were huge, but there were just other ones that sometimes I'm like, oh, like, what did I watch as a child? The Golden Girls, the clothes, um, I love it. People say which Sex and the City character you now would in which Golden Girl. Is it the pilot of that is incredible. Oh, I watched the pilot. But the other day, the clothes are out of this world. They must have had them made for them. But also, there wasn't one primary colour on the whole set. No <laughs> one. You couldn't see a red, a green or a blue. It, for a whole episode, not one. And it, the world looked so much better in battle. So, I, I love that after that moment, you just thought, right, that's it. I didn't know it was going to be my job, though. I just yeah. loved it. No, I didn't have any sort of career. You know, this is when you need to get your gigs out of time out. It's before the internet, you know. And so you had, I had no links to that world. I didn't know any of it, you know. And so I didn't feel like it was a thing I could... I just thought, oh, I'm going to... And then it sort of gradually became a thing that I was like, oh... I remember I got paid a fiver. And I was like, what's happened? And she was like, oh, there's people in. And I, I was like, I couldn't believe that someone gave me money. Oh, I love this dog, Chris. Hello. Hello, what's your Is name? Is yeah. Oh, no. What's his name? Barnaby. Barnaby. <laughs> and what's that little one called? Blue. Oh, hello, Blue. Hello, Barnaby. You're ever so nice. I worry sometimes with Ray, he's like the one that... 
He's got the slight energy of the person, whenever there are other dogs around, because of his size and he lacks confidence, he's a bit like the person in the back of the car craning forward to get involved in the no, conversation. he's not. He's the aloof... Barnaby. He's like the artist at a party that everyone's trying to talk to. You know, he's in a corner and he's just hanging out, just thinking, and people are like, should I go and ask him about the painting of the witch? And there's like, don't bring up the witch. He doesn't talk about that work anymore. What's Harpo's character at the party? She's a... I think I've left the oven on. I'm, I have had a nice time. I have had a nice time. I think I've left the oven on. Has anyone... Can someone, honestly, I'll relax more if someone... <laughs> I need a quaalude. <laughs> I remember when you first came on my radar and I was at the... Um, hello. Do you remember that you weren't born? I was at the... It must have been when you won Best Newcomer. Yes. 2010, I want to yeah. say? Yeah. Was that like when things changed completely for you? Yeah, that was, it was because I was able to go full time. Mm. So that was a massive, and there was no heat around me or buzz around me up there. You know, there was sort of, I was up with a really strong year doing their first hours. Like I wasn't reviewed till day 15. Um, so there was no, I didn't, I sort of didn't have this pressure because I didn't feel like people were, I just wanted to do my hour. I was like, I need yeah. to get an hour. If I'm going to do a stand, if I'm going to be a stand up, I need to be able to do hours of stand up. And I was proud of the hour, but I didn't feel that pressure up there because I wasn't in play for it. And so I wasn't at home. <laughs> I'd stayed out and then I'd got, you know, really hammered. I didn't know. And uh, you know, people who are like, I didn't know the awards were happening. But like, That's not me. Normally, I wrote, I'm not an anxious. But up there, I swear to God, I just had this like peace where I just didn't re I genuinely didn't reviews only time in my life. And it's such a good example of what can happen if you don't read reviews i didn't yeah. read any reviews anyone's though so i didn't want to discuss anyone's and i didn't know about the nominations or, or when people were coming in and out and stuff like that and i was going out the night before and got really drunk and we ended up staying at some house a few of us and then my phone died and at four o'clock the next day i eventually got my phone charged and my agent was at my flat and it was, it was really awful. I was like, I walk of shame home. And he's like, you've been nominated three hours ago. I was like, well, what's happened? And he was like, yeah. So I found out. And Amazing. I genuinely was like, I didn't, you know, I hadn't, you know, I was only sent at friend's house, but I was, I had no idea. So it felt like very um, filmy for me, you know, because I was yeah. like, yeah, it was a big, big deal. And you'd been gigging for... What, a good five years before yeah, that, had you? Yeah, on and off, you know, kind So of, you're well-known on the circuit. Yeah, and on the yeah. circuit, you sort of had to stop for a couple of years. Yeah, so I was sort of in and out of it, really. But what's really interesting is I'm really grateful for the award and what it did for me, but I went and saw other shows, and um, I went to see a show, and I thought, oh, that must hurt, that show's really good. <laughs> you know, I can't remember who it was or whatever. I thought, oh, you weren't nominated. You know, just the arbitrariness of awards, as much as they're amazing when they land in your favour. After Edinburgh, that was when... You so I went doing a lot more TV. Yeah, yeah. I, did, well, I hadn't done any TV before anymore. So I did Russell Howard's Good News was the first one I ever did. And that felt um, huge because it was stand up. The mic went halfway through. Um, Were you very nervous? Did you get I nervous? I was really nervous, yeah, because I had a nice shoe. Very strange outfit <gasps> I was wearing. I was wearing <laughs> leggings and dresses. This one is like the end, tail end of that weird... <laughs> Thing that people used to wear, like when you think, I don't know what, like, you know, you sort of think, I haven't really lived through many fashions, and I'm like, why? But I had a heel, a really nice heel, and then five minutes before I went on, I got into this thing of like, I hadn't really worn heels on stage, and I put on these pink Converse boots, and they looked fine, but it looked mad because they're leggings, they look like really thick tights or something, they looked weird. 
I was really nervous, but that was, and that went well, you know, overall the, the reception was good. And I knew Russell, so he was lovely. I remember again, I remember seeing you on Have I Got News, one of the early appearances you did. And I think that show looks so terrifying. It but used I, to be terrifying. But you were, you were just completely yourself. Yeah. And very authentic and funny without changing your shtick, I thought. Which is why I thought, you know, that's quite hard to do, though. Obviously, when you first go on panel shows, you're the newest on... This is what it used to be like. So this, is, this is, it has changed, you know, in those 10 years, 12 years now. Um, you're normally the newest, newest on, and you're the only woman. And this is what it used to be like on them. And so you've got an audience of people who respond differently to the people they know are funny, who are certified funny. So you'd say a thing, and you're like, Whoops, and then it wouldn't happen. So then it would throw you in such a weird way because... It felt like being at a dinner table and then, you, you know, you, you, it just doesn't land. Um, and so, yeah, I sort of got, but there were different skill sets to be in front of, you know, it's who you're on with and I, I sort of enjoy them now. And if I don't, I sort of have confidence it wasn't me. Like I try my hardest and prep and, you know, and have, my job is to sort of have fun, you know, and I try and do that. I try and create, you know, have, if I'm on the show, I try and always be like, is this joyful? Is it going to be fun? You know, am I having fun? Do people at home... Because sometimes, you know, if you're not, if you, if I'm really in my head, I should speak for myself, I'm not in that moment. And then I don't, I feel like at home they can tell that there's not a moment, it's just you're trying to get, you know, that panic of, it's hard getting that line between re- over-preparation and it being in a moment. But that just takes experience of doing them. It's just like in life, you know, if you're trying to be sexy, if you're trying to be funny, if you're tr- like that, f- when it's really like, I've got to get out in the next seven <laughs> seconds because the topic's about to move, you know. <laughs> But with my accent, it's like, yeah. a, you know, I don't finish sentences and I've got, you know, quite a working class accent, obviously. I can sound like I'm in trouble when I'm just thinking through it and I don't, because I'm not trying to sound like someone else, on, like you yeah. said, on a TV, where I'm not trying to be like, actually, what I find is, and then you're like, oh, because yeah. then you lose your, but then I don't know what's funny if I'm talking in that voice. How do you cope? Sarah Millican has this rule about you're not allowed to think about the gig after 11am the next day. That's a great rule, yeah. What, how do you process if something doesn't go so well? I, I take it all very badly. So immediately, <laughs> like I've never got to the point. <laughs> well, I'm very philosophical about it and I just, I'm very resilient. It's one of the things I should, well. <laughs> I take it all very badly. I do. It's, uh, it's, I don't really have many, I, I, I could, I just have to then, I know where I'm going to land. I've never landed. I try and be like, I'm fine with that thing. But immediately my brain would always be like, it goes into absolute, you know, and it's not a healthy thing. Like you did it wrong, you know, good, it's gone, you're rubbish. It's all very. Do you spiral? No. Yeah, I'll spiral after, but then I've got better at shortening how long I'm down there for. Um, I yeah. want to talk to you about Game Face because, I mean, I don't need to tell you how brilliant it is. Thank you, my because love. Because it really I'm so is. I'm you liked it. Oh, it's, I just think one of the, I didn't just like it. I've seen it so many times, I felt seen. <laughs> <laughs> and everything about that was and is brilliant. And it's a risk, isn't it, sometimes, I guess, making characters, showing that vulnerability and frailty, but it pays off because the laughs are bigger, I think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. No one, no one laughs at a hero. No. You know, a real... Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> you, know, you need, like, 
Well, I mean, there probably is examples, I'm sure, but I, I didn't, I always, I always wanted to write someone who was like that, you know, kind of, uh, and me, sort of, you know, messy and not, uh, as, behaves badly, but not an arsehole. Look, the robins, I love it when they come out. One thing that really struck me is this woman is a total perfectionist. Thank you, first of all, that's really sweet. I worked, and the, you know, with an amazing team, amazing producer and director and stuff, and, but in the writing, like, it was really, it was really hard, because I was, you know, you get this, I wanted it to be, felt, I wanted it to feel as real as it could be for a comedy, but also belly laughs, and that just felt so much harder than I thought when I first started doing it. Because every time I sort of wanted to make her sort of believable was someone you're invested in a little bit in her life, then I felt like I had to lose jokes. If I could hear the typewriter, so to speak, you know, like I was like, well, I'm very, very pleased with myself yeah. there with that gag, aren't I? You know? Yeah. And I was like, but well, it's... that means it has to go. <laughs> I just think there's an amazing piece of work and it's one of those things that Thank just you, mate. You're really kind. That's really sweet of you. But really... it's not just me. I mean, but everyone no, loves so, that you know, show. It's so I know. Nice when I'm brilliant. Listen, without being obsequious, but like when I, when people like you, people are really brilliant, funny. Like I, that's who I wrote it for, you know. And they, like, I'd hate if people were like, I hate the show. Are you a people pleaser? Yes, I think I've, I tried. I try and I'm conflict averse. And so, until I'm not, if you get what I mean. Like, I'm like, and if I've got no way out, God help you. <laughs> like, I'll always leave every situation. If I'm not, like, rowy or anything like that, but, like, I just, um, I guess, for, unless it's work, um, like, writing and stuff, I don't, I'll, I'll, I can hold my ground with that a bit, um, with what I want to make. But I, yeah, I, I think I do. I really... But do you I don't like people not liking me. I don't like people having a bad opinion of me, that sort of thing, you know. And, I hate, and you know, as you get older, I feel like, oh, God, that's exhausting to still have that. So I try to work on not having that as much. Talking about the sort of um, just kind of confronting and being truthful with people, I've started to say to people, which is difficult, it's taken me an entire lifetime, when someone says, oh, so-and-so said this about you, and it's not 100% pleasant, and often their motives aren't dark. No. They think they're being helpful. Yeah. They think they'd want to know. I just, now, before they can even continue, I just say, it's none of my business what they think of me. Yeah. And then move on. Because I know how bad that makes me feel. Yeah. Because I know when I have a row with a close friend, in that minute, they don't like me. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Because guess what? Sometimes I don't like friends for a minute. Of course. But that's so true. And I think that's the thing about like gossip. Yeah. You know, I love it. No, everyone does. But you know, like, but Goldie Horn, I became how I felt after it. Listen, I love a safe gossip, like a safe sex. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. with a good friend and, you know, kind of, but when it gets into, I don't know, I just, I don't feel good about it as I've got older. I really don't enjoy it as much as, no. and not in a kind of uh, pious way. Yeah. And I don't know how honest I'm being actually, because that's not true. I think I do enjoy it, but I don't like the fact that I enjoy, you know, it makes me feel grubby after. It's like, I enjoy things that are bad for me, you know, yeah. but, um, and you know, and I, like I said, I, I don't want, I think it's dishonest of me to make out like, you know, if there's gossip in the room, I'm leaving. I'm not, <laughs> I love it. I'll pick up like ribs and chew through them, you know, and you know, like that's, but that's, I'm aware of it now. Like, I just feel like 
just the energy that you can put around people, you know, or that you like. If someone t- says something to me, I'll, I'll not be contrarian, but I'll be like, oh, who said it? Like, I'm trying to be like, where's this coming from? Where's it's, yeah. you know, kind of. If it's someone's personal experience, I, I don't like. That's fine. I don't mind that. Then I don't. That's gossip. That, that's their experience, and they're telling me. But if it's like about someone, I'm more aware of how I feel after. I think like it's bad for your spirit. Do you know you're very trustworthy? I think you're someone. I could very much leave my phone with unlocked. Could you? And yeah. <laughs> I just had to check with myself there. I thought, yeah. I just remember I had an old ex-boyfriend and I used to love him going out so I could read his diary. <laughs> I'd be excited Did about him going out. I was like, God, I can't wait till he goes out and get into that diary. What was it like? Really boring. It was like our to-do list. <laughs> Load the dishwasher. It was, uh, the fact he hid it, like it had anything worth reading in, was real. I was like, this? Hello. Hello, doggies. Hello. Hi. Little Norfolk Terriers. Are they good? Are they Norfolks? The Norwiches. Oh, Norwich, sorry. Sorry. Norwich Terriers. Absolutely beautiful. Raymond, say hello to the Norwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Oh, the dog. Look at his tail. (laughs) What are they called, the Norwich Terriers? Uh, This one is Poppy. That one is Bonnie. Poppy, uh, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Are either of these two lap boys? No, she's a girl. She's okay. a girl. Raymond's a boy, but he's been done. Oh, right. No, mm. she's, uh, she's, uh, she's in season. She's in season. Oh, oh right. Yeah. No, he couldn't, so no offence, but he couldn't be less interested. Look <laughs> at my, my, my dog's face. <laughs> she's what she's been eating. She's so sweet. Oh, lovely gorgeous. to meet you. Have a nice evening. Have a nice evening. Bye-bye. I know I was going to ask you. I had something I was going to ask you. I really got a very good energy when I first met you but there's a particular type of energy which I personally put down I notice with people who've had I suppose experience loss at yes. some point in their life and when I say loss everyone experiences loss but I mean a life interrupted you know which yes. yours was with your yes. dad because he died far too soon and I had that with my sister and I do think it changes you Yes. And there's a legacy to that. And I think it's an energy I, I kind of think I pick up on in people. How do you think it changes you when you lose someone before their time? I think, I guess that b- b- bad things happen, you know, yeah. and I think as a child, as you get older, you're constantly just, you know, you trying to avoid bad things happening. That's sort <laughs> of the, you know, your parents, wait, hop, say, wait. Cross, 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 cross. Um, you, that's sort of the whole thing. And then a thing happens that uh, you can't stop and you can't prepare for. And you, like, it's so funny when you put it into words, other than you feel more vulnerable and you feel like the, the negative, more vulnerable, and a sort of. that not everything's going to be written you know that life isn't going to have this shape to it that you don't get to write an end and it's not going to be it's not a script there's a beginning middle and end and it's all going to make sense and this all works out this you know there's just there is a script but you won't see nowhere near the end (laughs) you know like new writers come in (laughs) and your story will make sense i don't know that's so true and i think sometimes people who don't haven't walked that particular path sometimes thank you sometimes don't quite get and I understand that because it's a weird thing but it's sometimes it's still quite visceral for me and I feel it 
Only because I think a sibling is different to a, do you think so? a parent. Yeah, I do. And not like you know, top trumps in loss and all that. <laughs> I, you know, everyone. You know, but I. When my cousin died and he was young as well, and, and my aunt had to bury, you know, him, and he, he was a small kid, like that felt yes. different. The yeah. funeral felt different, you know, like it feels different to bury a child. If, uh, you know, and I said, a sibling is Ray. Ray, come here. Where's Harpo? Harpo! Right behind you. Oh my God. <laughs> I do that 10 oh times my God. a day. Good girl. I do it in Good my house. Girl. I think one of the things it does do is, and when I have, when I'm heads out of my own ass, is that I remember when it happened, and I had a lot, my mum, so my mum, some, some aunties die as well, like my mum, there was a quite a, a lot of, around that time, mm. um, was I couldn't believe that people were walking around yes. with it happening all the time. And I was like, it felt, I was like, oh my God, everyone I've met. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just really freaked me out that it was this part of life yeah. that, and, and now I have a sort of, I try and be like, God, people are going through so much all the time. Yeah. And you can meet this really funny, brilliant, like, you know, you, like brilliant, amazing, funny, clever person. You don't know what's going on in, you know, in their, you know, in their lives, you know, until you, you know, when I got to know you and, um, I don't know, it makes me more compassionate to people, I think that everyone's sort of grieving or if you're if you're over the age of three you know and even yeah. then you know but you're you're grieving and it can it can be so many things it can be a person it can be you know yeah. what didn't happen what did happen um but i think a person you know like a sister that like yours is because you know you you all speak so beautifully about it in your book and that yeah. feels so much more open-ended and, and I have that sense with her of, we didn't finish the conversation. That's it. You know, like that feeling of... And I'm still having it. Yeah. But I get that energy of what you were talking about. I get that energy. I think you could be, you know, people say like, like Prince and Paupers. I think you could sit in any room and that's a very rare thing. I don't know. I think you're interested and interesting, which is... That's normally my two. Some people are very interesting, but they don't care about anyone else. And you're like, oh, wow, very interesting, aren't you? I feel that with you, though, because you, you're you very un-elitist and you're someone who's pretty well-known. Oh, I'm embarrassing, I said that and people are walking apart. That sounds like I'm your long-suffering PA. Doesn't like, it? Like, I'm it, like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're very well-known, <laughs> madam. Um, no, but you're very well-known. You've got high recognizability and yeah I don't yeah I don't think I, I don't feel like I've, I, I don't feel any of that but I do feel like in rooms I don't feel on the whole like I've got more social anxiety after lockdown I go like when I walk into a lot of energy I'm like too much oh okay lots of people lots of people and I I felt like I'd lost I think I said this to you like you know I'm not normally a clumsy speaker like you know I can be a little bit oh all over the place but not a sort of and a couple of times I sort of said things that were a bit clumsy yeah. you know I was like oh I like, asked someone about someone they broke up and a couple of, you know and I was like oh god I haven't got the energy for this um look at this, this do you want to like say what's happening Ray's climbing over some very small um uh, paving slabs but they're they're his Everest you can do it Ray Good boy! Yay! Good boy! Yay! Well done! But fame is not something that I do you like it. I don't really notice it. Like, I get it in periods. Um, I don't, I don't, I... 
it's odd. What what's strange is my voice. People recognise me for my voice, which I found really weird. So I've had no makeup on and a mask, and a. And, and I think even if I had makeup, I don't think they would have recognised me. And then I've spoken and someone's gone, oh, you're that. And I said, how could you tell? And I thought, well, I said, very distinctive eyes. And uh, <laughs> very distinctive naked eyes. <laughs> and they were like, no, your voice. And I was like, oh, that's quite odd. Um, but yeah, I haven't really... There's the odd thing. I just try not to, um, you know, occasionally, you know, people will take a photo of it asking or whatever and stuff like that. But it's so rare. It's so not... There's so little... Um, of it, of me being like, oh my God, yeah, someone's recognised me today, you know, it's like, there's not, um, I don't have much, I guess I don't go to many show busy things, I've got some friends, but I only hang out with people I sort of genuinely get on with. Oh, I've loved our walk. It was I've really, really good. enjoyed it. Come on, Raymond. Well, we're going to say goodbye for the purposes of the podcast, but because I believe in full disclosure, oh, there's some... Well, we're going to be serenaded out for the end of the podcast <laughs> by Wella, 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 the uh, slightly problematic <laughs> summer night. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, did you get very far? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. We don't approve awful. of this. Um, we oh, have loved it. Carbo, can you give me a hug? You give Carbo Emily kisses. You give Emily kisses. Kissy, kissy. Yes. Bye-bye, Harpo. You give me kisses. Yes. Ray! <laughs> Ray! Bye-bye, Harpo! Give me kisses! I really hope you enjoyed listening to that and do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>